Okay. For our first message today, we have a, a split sermon from Mr. Ken Barton. He's going to be carrying forward what we've been studying in our um, Tuesday night Bible study. He's asking, uh, or he's talking about, the Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was made for man. Mr. Barton. How's that? Ta-da. The wonderful age we live in with electronics helps the voice get heard better, helps me hear better. Just, but if you don't keep track of all of them, it can get scary anyway. So what exactly does this mean? And I don't know that I'll cover everything. Pretty sure I won't. But I'm going to share with you what's been on my mind. Another thing I want to share before I get through here and realize I didn't. Glenda and I watched uh, Ron Dart last night and uh, talking about the Sabbath and heart for the Sabbath. And uh, it, it's really good. Uh, I recommend it. <clears throat> March uh, Mark, Mark, Mark 2, 27 and 28. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for men and not men for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Probably more easily understood when you realize that Jesus is the one who created, blessed, and sanctified the Sabbath, isn't it? <clears throat> so what was the purpose of Jesus sanctifying the Sabbath day? So he could rest up and catch his breath? You know, I don't think so. Since Jesus was a spirit being at that time, he didn't get tired. But I like what Mr. Dart said last night. Sometimes when you finish a project, you just want to sit back and take a breath and enjoy what you've done. Look at it, you know. Um, so that could be why Jesus rested. I think it was more for us, but so it must have been more for man to have a day to rest and catch his breath, don't you think? <clears throat> Perhaps it was so the fish population wouldn't get out of hand. Or maybe it was a Calgon moment. Calgon, take me away. Well, it was for man's rest, but I believe we need to better realize what kind of rest? What is meant by rest? I'm certain that it does not mean take this opportunity to go do some shopping, uh, fishing, weeding the garden, flower bed, going to the movies, etc. God's reason for establishing the Sabbath day and blessing it and making it holy was to get man away from earthly worries cares and temptations that beset us throughout the week. The world is a scary place to be in, especially lately. It worries us. The 
because he knew that man desperately needs to do exactly that, get away from all the worldly worries, temptations, and woes, and draw near to God, he set that day. So how would he do that? In Lesson 24 in the Church of God Correspondence Course, honest, they don't pay me anything to say this, we see that he made it holy by putting his divine presence in it as an integral part of it. That's something that I really don't believe man really properly realizes. The seventh day Sabbath is a holy day all by itself because it has been sanctified by God. Whether, man, whether or not man recognizes that, Makes no difference. It is holy from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. And our recognizing it, paying attention to it, doesn't have an effect on it. If man doesn't recognize it, he sins against God by despising his statue and profaning his Sabbath. Don't think you want to be there. Exodus 31:13 said, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbath you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. In Leviticus 19:3, Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. And in 1930, he said, You shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Ezekiel 20:12. Moreover, I also gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between them and me, that they may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. If it wasn't for God, we don't have any chance at all. We wouldn't, there, nothing, we're just created beings, just kind of like a cow. Except God made man, didn't he, personally. Made him according to him, his image. God very clearly states here that his Sabbaths are to be recognized as a sign by which we will know that he is the Lord who sanctifies us. I would say it's a very important point to get right, wouldn't you? Problem is, most folks don't. And that brought God's judgment upon them, didn't it? But after that one time that God punished them and spanked them, they straightened up and had no more troubles, have they? If we had the sound effects, that's where we'd hear that <laughs> the needle going across the radio uh, record because they didn't straighten up. And we still haven't. Some, like mainstream Christianity, don't think it's a big thing, but it is. In fact, I don't believe it can get any bigger. Compare God's statements about the house of Israel and what he did and compare them to our world today and what's going on and the consequences. 
Again, in Ezekiel 20, 13, Yet the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They did not walk in my, judge, in my statutes. They despised my judgments. Which, if a man does, he shall live by them. And they greatly defiled my Sabbaths. Then I said I would pour out my fury on them in the wilderness to consume them. Mr. Dart made a good point about this when this happened. They were still in the wilderness. They hadn't even got to the promised land yet. They were in the wilderness. God is there. The Spirit of God is there. Okay? He's a cloud protecting them from the heat during the day, and he's a fire at night protecting them from any enemies that may come. He's there. He comes there and speaks to them through Moses. And he said they still couldn't get the Sabbath right. They didn't have anything else to do. They didn't have jobs. They didn't have anywhere to go. They didn't have a drive-in movie to go see. This was all they had to do. And they didn't get it right. 14 through 16 says, But I acted for my name's sake, that it should not be profaned before the Gentiles in whose sight I had brought them out. So I raised my hand in an oath to, to them in the wilderness, that I would not bring them into the hand which I had given them, flowing with milk and honey, the glory of all land. Because they despised my judgments and did not walk in my statutes, but profaned my Sabbath, for their heart went after their idols. When they escaped Egypt, when the Lord freed them from Egypt, they didn't leave Egypt in Egypt. They took the gods with them. Here they have a god, the only god, with them. And, and reading this tells me that they were still focusing on Egyptian gods. <clears throat> so that is what God demanded then, and it is what God demands now. Ezekiel twenty nineteen and 20, I am the Lord your God. Walk in my statutes, keep my judgments, and do them. Hallow my Sabbaths, and they will be a sign between me and you that you may know that I am the Lord your God. God meant and followed through on his promises, didn't he? But our loving God has promised this, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. Because if we will obey him, we will have a place in his kingdom. Here's what he promised way back in Isaiah, Isaiah 58, 13, and 14. If you turn your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. 
the mouth of the Lord has spoken. That was sealed, wasn't it? And the first time I read that, I, 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 if you turn, your, turn away your foot from the Sabbath, I thought, well, wait a minute, doesn't that mean turning your back on the Sabbath? Then I figured out what it meant was if you'll quit walking all over it and treading it down as if it was common, And don't do your own pleasure. But that, that, that took me a while to figure out. If you'll quit walking all over my Sabbath and, and treating it like it's nothing, then I will bless you. Because <clears throat> there's nothing common about a day that has been holy for 24 hours ever since creation. I thought it was good Mr. Dart pointed out, okay, he made Adam and Eve, right? Made Adam. And the very next day, he gave him a day of rest. Good way to start a job, isn't it? <clears throat> when we realize that he specifically sent that day aside for everyone, of course, including Adam and Eve, Abraham, Moses, you, and me, everybody else is going to be here. We absolutely have to realize that it is very important to God, and therefore it must be very important to us. My hope is that we will repent that we will never forget that the Sabbath is our weekly reminder that God created all that exists. That's our link. Every, sa every Friday, sundown, should remind us that God made all this just for us. Think about <clears throat> he, he, he made it all and then gave it to us. Last thing he, last thing he did was make man and turn it all over to him. Think about it. Now, I realize the world's been through a lot. Got some scars, got some problems. But originally, God gave us, gave it to Adam and Eve anyway, a brand new world. This world we'll call Earth is fully stocked, Adam and Eve, with everything that you need to live a wondrous and fantastic life. This garden here, I've named it Eden, was made for you, both of you, to dress it, take care of it. Every plant on this planet that I've made is perfect for food, for you, and for all the animals that are on the surface of it. Not only that, there are all manners of birds in, in the air and fishes in the sea for you to master and care for as you and your offspring populate it. Okay, God probably didn't do it like that. But he did give them a brand new world and the task of becoming rulers over all the earth and all that inhabits it. It can also be a reminder that God had a spiritual purpose for creating mankind. If we will use that time to focus our thoughts on God and to seek him in prayer. 
That's something that we should do both by joining brethren in our workly, weekly, workly, weekly church services and during the rest we are to observe on every Sabbath day. God established that rest to better enable us to experience the spiritual rejuvenation every week. Some of us were recently talking about how you used to be able to count on churches holding revival meetings every year. And each congregation kind of had their own set time that they'd have it. So it'd be like revival season. You know, if you wanted to, you could go to every one of them. Most of it were pretty much near the time of Feast of Tabernacles, I think. And they have no idea how they come up with that time, do they? I find it interesting many things mainstream Christianity does can be directed, con- directly connected to the Old Testament. Spring cleaning, unleavened bread, revival season, Feast of Tabernacles, and most of all, weekly church services. Because why? The weekly Sabbath. Sadly, they refuse to acknowledge the real God-ordained holy days. As to the weekly Sabbath, mainstream Christianity's been missing it by that much. Problem is, they've been missing it. And their aim isn't getting any better. <clears throat> it's my understanding that many of the early settlers here in America were Sabbath keepers. There were also Sunday Sabbath keepers, and they both started at sundown. Sundown on uh, Friday or sundown on Saturday. And went to sundown the next day. That's one of the reasons they came here. So that they could worship the way they wanted to. Obviously the Sunday worshipers dropped the sundown to sundown a while back. Anyway, there's the number, it seems like the number of Sabbath keepers, of people at all churches, are dwindling. But there are still people that are paying attention. There are still people that are searching, that are reading the scriptures and looking. I believe, though, that we need to get much more serious about observing God's Sabbath. And guess how I came to that conclusion? By paying attention to the news what's happening here in America, here in Oklahoma and Texas, places that most bigger people figure are pretty upright. Got it all figured out. But we're still having problems. Thankfully, we're not having some of the problems that much more liberal areas of the country are. But we're still having problems. We still need to turn to God. I'm hearing a lot on the news from our president about how we need more gun control. I'm not hearing anything about sin control, are you guys? I'm hearing a lot of push for LGBTQ plus whatever. I'm not hearing anything about a push for us turning back to God and repenting. There's, you know, I, some people are demanding that we accept the murdering of babies. It's, it's the mother's right. We need to accept gender fluidity 
and uh, aberrant sexual behavior. Little children need to be taught all this garbage. It's sickening. We desperately need to turn to God and pray, seek God's face, and turn away from our wickedness. Or guess what? God won't hear. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then and there's, there's more. And repent of their wickedness. Seek my face. Then I will turn and forgive. But if you don't, it ain't happening. Rather, he promises to bring severe judgment and destruction upon us like we have never before experienced. And God's promises are never empty or vain. 